Fear should never be the foundation of our obedience to God. If I don't obey, God's going to do this or God's going to get me. No, we've got to renew our minds to the truth of God's love for us. And our obedience to him should be a direct result of his love for us, not his anger. You are now listening to the Be Unconventional podcast. Your number one resource for unconventionality. this topic through the lens of performance and what I mean by that is there's always this implication of a consequence for disobedience that should never be our focus when it comes to doing what God has asked or called us to do and for so long the church has gotten teaching after teaching about how we need to obey God because The disadvantages of disobeying God outweigh the advantages of obedience. No, no, that's not true. We shouldn't obey God out of fear. We should obey God out of faith. We should be excited to obey because we trust that he knows what's best for us, not because we fear what will happen if we don't obey. And in this series... We've discussed in great detail, um, you know, the significance of being obedient to God versus being obligated to people. But I want to take it a step further today and say, if our foundation for our obedience is wrong, then we find ourselves obligated to God instead of obedient to God. Let me break that down. When you're obligated to someone, it's more than likely out of loyalty or a commitment and that's cool but nine times out of ten it's to appease it's not to it's not something you enjoy it's just let me do this because i'm a christian oh no we gotta we gotta figure out number one what should be the foundation of our obedience and number two we need to think about why we obey out of fear it's unfortunate how much we think we're obedient and in reality it's really just us being obligated to god the enemy deceives us into thinking we're obedient to god And then he uses others to place shame on us, guilt trip us, and manipulate us. And then we find ourselves being obligated to people. So I want to help you discover today what all is involved in our obedience to God. And also what's not involved. What should the driving force 
or rather what should be the filter through which we determine whether or not we're being obedient to God or not. I believe that when we have this constant pressure to perform, that's an indicator that our obedience is not rooted in his love for us. Because God does not pressure us to perform. Now, in the Old Testament, everything they did in that covenant could make or break them. Their success depended on their performance. Their failure was a result of their poor performance. But now, as New Testament believers, grace has supplied everything we need without us having to perform. We as New Testament believers don't have to perform for a promise to be fulfilled. A promise from God is a promise kept, especially in the New Testament. See, we get all the promises of the Old Testament and none of the curses. And that's because of Jesus' obedience. And Jesus' obedience brings me to the love of God. See, it was God's love for us that sent Jesus to the cross. And I know that might sound a little weird, but God so loved us that he gave us his son. Jesus, his son, so loved us that he gave his life willingly for us. And we underestimate the love of God. We forget that. The value of a thing is determined by the price someone is willing to pay for it. Well, he was willing to pay for our sin through his son. And our relationship with God is not all about our love for him, but it's about his unconditional, unfailing, unwavering love for us. More importantly, we get to have relationship with Jesus because of his obedience. It was Jesus' obedience that gave us right standing with God, not ours. There's nothing we could have done to be in right standing with God or else there would be no need for a savior. And again, all of this goes back to love. It goes back to love. When we look at Romans chapter 5, verse 19, it says, For just as though one man's disobedience, I'm sorry, just as through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so also through one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. And who are we talking about here? We're talking about through Adam's disobedience, everybody was born into sin. If you didn't have to do anything to become a sinner, Adam Adam is the reason we were sinners. Then why do we think we have to do something to be righteous? It's through Jesus' obedience that many will be made righteous. So when we think about that, when we put that into perspective... We, we oftentimes limit our Christian experience to what we have to do, to the obedience that we have to have towards God 
in order to be a good Christian. And that's not. That's not it. It's about what Jesus already did and having faith in what he already did. Having faith in what in, in what his accomplishment has supplied for us. And that's eternal life. That's abundant life. That's prosperity. That's healing. Wholeness. We got to have faith in that. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. See, God's love for us was fulfilled at the cross through Jesus. But his justice was satisfied as well. He took care of the sin issue as well. So when it comes to us obeying God, we should obey God based on this truth that he loves us. This isn't going to be a long, drawn-out episode. I just want to help you renew your mind to the truth of what God's Word says about His love. Our obedience to Him should be rooted in His love for us. And we shouldn't fear what He'll do or if He'll punish us. If we don't obey, that that fear should not be the driving force of our obedience. Well, let me do this so I won't get a whooping. No, no. No, it's not like that. Now, God will correct you. He'll discipline you because he loves you. But you don't ever have to worry about God being angry with you over something that you've done. That anger, that wrath was poured out on Jesus on the cross. So that he could have an intimate relationship with us. Without wrath, without anger, without disappointment. Many of us fear punishment from God. And that that's the foundation of our obedience to him. But like I said, we've got to renew our minds to the truth that his love will discipline us but not punish us. Because where there is guilt, there's punishment. But because of Jesus' obedience on the cross, we who put our faith in Christ are no longer guilty. So where there's no guilt, there's no punishment. There's only grace here. There's only grace here. We tend to run away from God when we've done something that we weren't supposed to do. Instead of running to him. But Jesus has given us access to the throne of grace. So that we can obtain that grace in the time of need. I want to talk to you too about how disobedience is really the absence of faith. And we don't realize that a lot of times. Most of the time when we aren't obedient it's because we lack faith 
we don't really trust that God has our best interests at heart. We don't really trust that he knows what's best for us and that he'll never lead us um, into temptation or that he'll never, you know, this whole thing about God giving his, the toughest battles to the toughest soldiers or whatever that phrase is. No. Mm -mm. So a lot of times we're like, ooh, nah, I ain't gonna pray about that because he might give me a battle. <laughs> we gotta stop with this crazy way of thinking about the nature of God. We gotta stop doing that. Obedience takes faith. Obedience takes faith. And also, there may be a hardened heart situation when we're disobedient. Because I think about the disciples in Mark uh, chapter 6. And they had just witnessed Jesus feed the multitude. And then they got on a boat and there was a storm. And uh, they thought they saw Jesus, you know, out in the storm and they called to him like man don't you care don't you see what we're going through <laughs> and it's like I, I think it's Mark 6 uh, verse 52 that said for they considered not the miracle of the loaves when Jesus fed 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread and how there was so much left over Mark 6 52 says for they considered not the miracle of the loaves. Well, let me ask you this. What are some past victories you've had with God that you're not considering? Think about that. Are you not moving out on something God told you to do because you haven't considered that he brought you through the last thing? That he healed you before. You're not considering that he provided before. It's just like I often make reference to our move to Colorado. I remember telling my husband. Alright, I'm going to move to Colorado. But I'm not going to Bible college with you. Because that's going to cost a lot of money. And I'm already trying to figure out how we're going to live out there. And I remember saying, my faith is not where yours is. And we talked about it some more and I was like, oh, okay, well, I need to renew my mind to the truth of God's word as it pertains to provision. But here's the thing. I've been homeless before. I have been at the bottom of the bottom and God showed up in the pit. His love got me out of the pit onto my feet. You know, and I'm like, here it is. I'm questioning whether or not he'll provide in Colorado. I mean, he told us to move here. 
And so that's another thing we have to be cognizant about. You guys, if God tells you to go somewhere or do something, the price of it shouldn't be your biggest concern. I heard a woman of God say, I'm not worried about the price if God has a plan. I got to obey God regardless of the price. And we say, you know, we hear it here at Bible college. God's will, his bill. If he gave you a vision, he will give you provision. And these things sound cliche, but it's really the truth. We have to consider what he's already done. So that when he asks us to do something else, we can do it with ease and we can do it by faith. You know, we are so busy trying to just appease God. When in reality, all it takes is faith to please God. But then let's take it a step further. So what does it even mean to consider? What does consider mean? The dictionary says it's to think about carefully, such as to think of especially with regard to taking action. All right. So the Bible says in Mark 6:52 that they considered not the miracle of the loaves. Well, interesting word choice there. If consider means to think about with regard to taking action, what action were they supposed to take in the middle of a storm? All right, so let's take a look in that same chapter, Mark 6. You can look at this on your own. But if you start in verse 7, it says, Jesus summoned the twelve, sent them out two by two, and gave them power over unclean spirits. Verse 12 and 13 says, so they went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons, anointed many sick people with oil, and healed them. So Jesus gave them power for all of that, and they were afraid of a storm. I, I, I guess they didn't consider the empowerment either. <laughs> Because he literally empowered them to cast out demons, to heal the sick, and to preach to people to repent. So to me, had they considered the miracle of the loaves, had they considered the empowerment that Jesus gave them, the action that they could have taken was to be at peace. Trusting that if Jesus sent them on the boat, he knew the storm was coming. Y'all was going to be all right. <laughs> so, yeah. I just want to say this in conclusion, you guys. Like I said, this isn't going to be a long, drawn-out episode. I really wanted to just encourage you to assess what your foundation is for obedience. 
it should be delightful to obey God. It shouldn't be a daunting task or something we do to appease God or accede to his demands. No. He's a loving father. He's not a tyrant. He's not a dictator. So this week, I want you to write down things you believe God has told you to do, but you haven't done yet. Maybe he's asked you to forgive someone or ask for forgiveness. Maybe you're supposed to buy lunch or coffee for the person you don't like at school or at work. But consider first his love for you. The first thing you should consider is his love for you. God's why for asking us to do certain things is always rooted in love. There's something in it for you. And you may feel like it's not. You may feel like buying coffee for the worst person in the office. There, Surely there's nothing in this for me. No, it's something in there for you. Trust me, it is. Some healing, some deliverance, some patience. Amen. So consider first his love for you. That's going to always be his why. For asking you to do something. Number two, don't just consider his love for you, but consider his love for others. You know, God can't show his love to people without people. You may be the very vessel that God wants to use to pour his love out onto somebody. Maybe that person in your office is in desperate need of the love of God. If we could just take ourselves out of the center sometimes and just try to consider where people may be in their life, consider what people may be going through and understand that God has empowered you the same way he empowered the 12. He's empowered you. If they're dealing with a spirit that is antagonizing to the Holy Spirit within you, guess what? You've been empowered to deal with it. If they're sick, you've been empowered to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So consider God's love for other people when it comes to obeying him. Let's just, like I said, take ourselves out of the center and consider what someone else may be going through. And just remember, your obedience should always be rooted in faith and the foundation of your obedience should always be his love for you. I also want to mention that obedience is not always comfortable. What creates that discomfort when you're obeying the Lord's instruction is the inner peace you have in conjunction with a lack of understanding. It's an unexplainable war between the spirit and the flesh that you can feel physically. But when you get on the other side of that obedience, 
understanding comes. Sometimes receiving understanding is like watching a psycho thriller movie where you actually have to pay attention to the details in order for something to make sense later. So don't fret. If you feel a little discomfort, yet you know you're doing exactly what God told you to do, that's the right place to be in. Get on the other side of that obedience and it'll all make sense to you. Allow me to pray for you today. Father, thank you for desiring a relationship with us where we can come to you boldly and freely when we need grace. We can come to you boldly and freely when we mess up, when we don't have it all together or get it all right. God, you said in your word that the Holy Spirit will bring things to our remembrance. So I say, Holy Spirit, remind us. Help us to remember the miracle of provision, the miracle of healing, the miracle of deliverance, so that we can consider what the Lord has done and take necessary action. May we always keep your love for us as the foundation for our obedience to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you've made it through this episode thinking, wow, this whole time I thought Christianity was just about me obeying God. And maybe you've never considered that the God of the Bible desires a relationship with you. See, that's what makes Jesus so different from any other deity. It's relationship. And if you want to experience this God type of love through relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to do that. And all you have to do is repeat after me. Jesus, I realize I am a sinner who is in need of a Savior. I believe that you, Jesus, shed your blood and died for my sin. And I'm willing right now, today, to repent of those sins and invite you into my heart and into my life as my personal Savior. I believe that God raised you from the dead and that through your resurrection, I can receive abundant life, healing, prosperity, and confidence in your unfailing love towards me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray, amen. And like I always say, just like that, welcome to the kingdom of God. Today is the first day of the best days of your brand new life. If you're blessed by this podcast, leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and also share with others. You can go ahead and visit YouTube and subscribe now to be the first to know when I make my YouTube debut. For all other inquiries, 
or if you'd like for me to sing or speak at your event, even if you'd like for me to join you on your podcast, visit www.rakitaharper.com. And as always, friends, be encouraged, be empowered, be inspired, but most importantly, be unconventional.